exciting announcements. First, mm. we're very excited. <laughs> Number one, we're excited. Number two, we have announcements. <laughs> And I'm Harry. And this is A for Effort. The show where we disappear for months at a time and then come back and record a potentially okay episode of a game where we each bring three terms based on a theme or a subject of some kind. And the other person has to guess individually, not all at once, what each term means based on, you know, their sounds and their components and maybe a brief explanation, maybe some hints. And then each person is marked uh, for each word out of five. And then that that number is added up and then repeated back to the person. And then they either leave a winner or a loser. And that's the show. And See you next week. Show. <laughs> <laughs> the show where we explain a concept for a show and then leave. <laughs> Exciting announcements. First, we have an engineer on board, which is fantastic. His name is Nick Shoup, and mm. we're very lucky to have him on board. So welcome, welcome to Nick. Nick. And secondly, the show is now available on Spotify. Uh, so if you prefer to listen on Spotify or you know someone who has heard about the show but refuses to listen unless it's on <laughs> Spotify, great news. They can listen now. And also, uh, we'll be re uh, recording a, on a biweekly schedule, which is 17 times a day. <laughs> So once every two weeks, we'll be recording into the foreseeable future. So get excited, guys. We're on Spotify and we're here forever. <laughs> All right. This, I don't remember who went first last time. Yeah. So. Who could remember that? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Great. So my theme this week, it's weird to say week because it's been forever. <laughs> my theme this quarter <laughs> is whales. Ooh, the great. animal, not the country. Okay. <laughs> And my first term is melon. Okay. Is it a metaphor? No. I think it's actually, a, I don't think it's slang. It's a real term. Okay. Is it part of the whale? Yes. Is it some organ that is melon-shaped that has some value to humans? It's not necessarily melon-shaped, and it's not necessarily a value to humans it's not the <laughs> so shape it's, it's like the texture of it but it is an organ yes 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 it's not necessarily shaped like a melon i think in some species it may be but it, it varies but it's the texture i think primarily okay melons have two main textures there's this as we all know as we all learned in there school. is a classic body of literature about melon <laughs> textures <laughs> yeah i would say there are two main textures of melons that jump to mind so first i'm mm. thinking of a cantaloupe yes. and the outer husk of I a cantaloupe a is rather veiny mm. and like rough and then the inside of cantaloupes and most melons mm. is sort of slimy yeah, it's, the, it's, it's more the sliminess. Mm -hmm. So there's something slimy about a whale. <laughs> I don't know if I'd put it like that. <laughs> something slimy about a whale. And the I'd way he treats like, women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that whale is a real melon. <laughs> okay, so it's there's something... More, there's something in a whale. Yeah, there's something in a whale that is slimy. Is it the mm -hmm. heart or the stomach? Or no. is it some like... Is it the... It's a is whale Is it the texture specific. of their fat? No. Okay. Do you want me to is give it... you a clue as to its purpose? 
Sure, because I have no idea. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I'd start off with a really vague, impossible to guess one. I like those. I said I'd give a hint in a very confident way, and now I really don't know what to give. Is it um, something in their mouth? No, okay. but it is in their head. Okay. And it's bigger in a sperm whale than others. It it can it's dual purpose, communication and or location. Okay, so. Whales, I think, use echolocation mm-hmm. or like a radar of some sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the melon is perhaps some uh, collection of sort of like slimy or... Uh, squidgy. Yeah, sort of like squidgy tissue mm. in the head of a whale. And then mm. in using echolocation, they release whatever echolocation is like ultrasonic waves. I'm, mm. ugh, we're really exposing the gaps in my knowledge of echolocation here. But they make yeah, some, you were an expert. <laughs> some noise out of their mouths. And then when it bounces off of something and comes back, it's the melon that mm. like vibrates at a certain yes. frequency to indicate mm. the proximity of whatever thing the echolocation is bouncing off of. Yes, the melon receives the clicks. Amazing. <laughs> Yes, and it's biggest in sperm whales because they are the largest toothed whale, and so they hunt huge things way down in the depths where it's totally dark, so they need to locate things more specifically and at larger distances. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So to summarize, the melon is some like appendage in a whale head that receives signals from echolocation or vibrates in response to returning echolocation signals. Yes. Great. Cool. Well done. Thank you. All right. Number two, a Nantucket sleigh ride. Okay. Nantucket is a place in the United States, maybe. (laughs) Yes. It is related to that place. Okay. Great. And then a And it's still about whales. Remember that. Yes. Yeah. And then a sleigh ride in holiday terms (laughs) is when you get into- (laughs) Vacation parlance. It's when you get into a sled that's pulled by something. Mm. In fiction, it's pulled by reindeer. I would guess that. (laughs) Or maybe also in real life, because reindeer exist. (laughs) But anyways, horses, I don't know. A a one-horse open sleigh. So yeah, horses also. Okay, so the Nantucket sleigh ride involving whales could be mm. that you're out on the water and that you've mm. attached yourself to a whale in some mm. way and you're being pulled by a whale, or it could be that the sleigh is made out of whale bones. It's the first one. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Yes, so what it is is at the peak of the American, what they call Yankee whaling, most of the whaling ships left from Nantucket. Okay. And so this was before um, what was called like rocket head harpoons or bomb head harpoons, which you just shoot from your boat and then they'd land in a whale and explode basically. What they'd have to do, this is like Moby Dick era whaling, is you'd have to, you'd spy a boat from your big ship, you'd get into a smaller boat with like six people. And you'd row up to the boat silently, so the, oh, the, to, the, to the whale silently so they don't hear you. And then one guy would jump on and attach a harpoon. And then at that point, the whale would swim for miles and miles and miles. And then it would slowly tire itself out. But it would pull the boat along with the harpoon in it. And that's an Nantucket sleigh ride. Okay. Got it. Sleigh mm-hmm. really has a double meaning there. Oh, gosh. I didn't think of the double meaning. Good double meaning. <laughs> 
<laughs> but also that's much less fun than I was <laughs> picturing it to be. I yeah, was like, wow, you get it's like whaling, but you just get pulled along. But no, you're killing the whale. No, it's yeah, it's it's an awful, exhausting death ride. Yeah. All right, and number three, the barren grounds. Okay, so barren, uh, like not fertile, round, the uh, <laughs> earth grounds. Earth, some coffee grounds, cordoned, <laughs> some cordoned off I don't know, section of the world grounds, mm-hmm. and, area, mm-hmm. <laughs> or more succinctly, cordoned off section of the world. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this for some reason evokes those that section, the elephant graveyard in The Lion King, where there are mm. just a bunch of elephant bones. Yes. And so I'm going to guess that it's some kind of whale graveyard. It is not where, that. Okay. So it's not that whales like wash up on the beach. No. Okay. It's, I don't, I'll try to not give it away. It's an area where it turns out now whales live. And this was kind of common parlance for a description of it because of its inhospitability. They considered it devoid of anything. Okay, so I'm guessing that it's then a section of ocean that mm. doesn't contain reefs, and it's just like there, nothing lives there because the whale, well, whales live there, but nothing else really hangs out because it doesn't want to be eaten by a whale. No. Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Arctic. Oh. <laughs> mm. I see. Yes, they or considered high ocean. the Ar- high <laughs> lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they considered the Arctic the barren grounds, which is yeah. kind of now an ironic term because the most productive whaling of the 20th century took place in the Arctic and the Antarctic. Okay. Because all of that stuff that happens over there creates a huge amount of plankton. Mm. A lot of primary productivity in that oceanographic system, as they uh, say. As they say. So to summarize, the barren grounds is a nickname for the Arctic and Antarctic for the poles of the earth where mm. people thought that there wasn't uh, much life, essentially. But in fact, conditions there create a lot of plankton, which makes it an ideal place for whales to live. And as a result, they do live there. So they're not yes. actually barren. Too true. And they're not even grounds. Yeah. Really. maybe. Then. So I guess barren grounds as referring to the land could still apply. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Yeah. But there are polar bears there. That's And penguins down south, yeah. as they say. Yeah, as, as I say. They got that southern drawl, those penguins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is the end of round one. All right, so round two. My theme this week is early United States Latin American relations. <laughs> All right. Nice. And by early, I mean at the beginning uh, yeah. of the 1800s. All right. My first term is Bolivar Baby Boom. Bolivar Baby Boom. Well, Bolivar was a person. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. The Bolivarian Revolution was Hugo Chavez's revolution in Venezuela, but it was calling back to Bolivar, who... I think in Venezuela first, or maybe Colombia first, began a revolution... And then tried to create some kind of pan-South American, pan-Latin American identity and and nation, Mm -hmm. but did not succeed. So I would say the Bolivar baby boom is some kind of post-anti-colonial revolutionary rise in population. Uh, No. So it was a phenomenon. Oh. Oh. 
I'm, I, this is a hint. In the mm-hmm. United States, Wow Bolivar was... Oh, it was immigration. People running away from it to America? No. Oh. It actually has a better connotation than that. So in America, there was a baby boom at the same time as Bolivar was doing his thing. Well, there was a Bolivar baby boom. People were attracted to him? No, it's sort of a Pan-American, you know, like spanning North and South America. Is it an actual baby boom or is it a metaphor? So it is an actual baby boom, but the, the qualifier Bolivar is key. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, is it people named Bolivar? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, it was stronger because there were no economic ties to or fewer economic ties to European monarchies. And uh, additionally, there was potential for territorial gain. And they also wanted to spite Spain for blocking the Mississippi. So they were like, yeah, take out the Europeans, (laughs) please. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So my second term Mm. is imperial anti-colonialism. Is this like a description of America's policy of like, considering South America its sphere of influence and therefore not wanting any kind of European colonial meddling in it? So I would say that's the anti-colonialism part. Yeah, but why is it imperial? Yeah. I was going to say, think of the, like, contradiction. Yes, well, because it's kind of the American empire, potentially. Yeah, exactly. In the Monroe Doctrine in 1823, they were like, Europe, stay away. Yes, but we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Classic. Classic. All right. My final term is mm-hmm. Fordlandia. And this is in the 1900s. Oh, this is in Brazil, no? Yep. Yep. Ford buys a whole village to turn into like a perfect American village in which they would um, to, to get rubber, Brazilian rubber for their tires. Mm-hmm. And they want to, they, and all these people flood into it because they want to live this good American life with good American jobs. But there's some kind of cultural clash. Like the Ford people don't want them to do specific things that they want to do. And then eventually Ford finds, I think, synthetic rubber or something like that or a different source of rubber and they pull out, leaving the whole place devastated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just reading about that. Yeah, probably the same article that I read about it. <laughs> was it in relation to, the Brazilian election? It wasn't, so never mind. No, never mind. <laughs> I did also do this research months ago. <laughs> yeah, so. I was going to say, <laughs> it seems like it was ages ago. <laughs> All right, great. Cool. Well, that is the end of round two. All right, scores. All right, so I give you a four out of five for Melon, a five out of five for Nantucket Sleigh Ride. And I gave you a two out of five for the barren grounds. I would say that's generous. Because <laughs> I finished with, I have no idea. <laughs> well, you did some, you showed your work, which I appreciate. <laughs> I coined a better term than area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was cordoned off? <laughs> area, cordoned off section, section of the world. Of the, the world. <laughs> In what cordoned off section of the world is your house? <laughs> All right. Classic. For Bolivar Baby Boom, I gave you mm-hmm. four out of five. Oh, thank you. For Imperial Anti-Colonialism, five out of five. Ooh. And for Fordlandia, zero out of five. <laughs> <laughs> because you already knew it. You don't get any points. <laughs> five out of five. So that brings uh, you wee. to a total of 14 out of 15. 
You got 11 out of 15. All righty. If you'd like to learn more about U.S.-Latin American relations, I would highly recommend the book Our Sister Republics by Caitlin Fitz, who was kind enough to field an email from me about the book and potential terms related to it. So thank you very much to Dr. Fitz. From that book came the term Bolivar Baby Boom. Imperial anti-colonialism came from a book called The Tragedy of American Diplomacy by William Appleman Williams Mm. (laughs) slash The Monroe Doctrine by Jay Sexton, um, who references the Williams book. And Fordlandia came from an article from The Guardian, which I will link in the show notes, along with links to all of those books. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about whales... I've been reading this great book, or I read this great book, called Leviathan or the Whale by Philip Hoare. It's amazing. It goes through kind of the history of the human relationship with whales, kind of using Moby Dick as an analog for it with kind of a little bit of literary analysis. It's a V good book and super well written, and I would recommend it. I didn't reach out to him, so he didn't give me any facts, but <laughs> but I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> Amazing. A for Effort is hosted and produced by me, Mairead. And me, Harry. And is edited by me, Mairead. But not me, Harry. Our engineer is Nick Shoup. And again, we are so excited to have Nick on board. Thanks, Nick. Our music is Chop Shop Instrumental by White Flowers. And our logo is by Eights. If you'd like to get into contact with us about any of the information we've talked about or just to say how great we are, you can send an email to aforeffortcast at gmail.com. You can also find the show wherever you find your podcasts. Unless it's like underground or something. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like a podcast, like a, a medium for if you find them in a weird, like a well. I'd, I mean, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Look wherever you usually look. And if it's not there, try like podcast app. Proceed or with caution. You know. <laughs> Proceed with caution. I agree. (laughs) This isn't a blanket recommendation to just to do anything. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. That is the end. Score you. <laughs> oh, whoops. But it actually doesn't matter if we talk over each other now because we have separate oh, yeah. audio tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I can just do that whenever you speak. Yeah, that's that, that's the point that I've I was trying always, to make. Yeah, my point is that I've always wanted to do that all the time that you speak. So finally I can do that.